Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode 241. Recording this live July 3rd, 2015. That's a Friday. It just seems like yesterday we did episode number 240. Mm. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And with me, as usual, with the nice artwork on the background there. I love that your daughter did that. It's beautiful. There you go. Yes. So talented. Yes. Yes. Hey, you know what? I should say, actually, I should introduce you as a home of the losing threat of four to the lowly Boston oh. Uh, oh. Red Sox Blue Jays. My what, was with that, uh, what was with that uh, pitcher last night? Started I mean, well, for, if you're a Boston fan. Yikes. I, see if, I don't know what's going on, man. They win, they, they win big, they lose big. You know, the only saving grace out of that last night for me was afterwards I went and looked at all the other scores and everybody else who was ahead of them in the division or tied with them also lost. Yeah. So it seems to be uh, working out. Well, well, why don't you introduce yourself for those of you who don't know? I am Asif Khan of the Location-Based Marketing Association. Yes, and a Blue Jays fan. And a Blue Jays hey, fan. Yes. Kessel? Hey, we need Kessel. I love it. Oh, my God. I'm so happy. It's like the weight has been alleviated from Toronto, right? Yes. And you actually got stuff in return. Yeah, so you, get, you know, we're stocking up those first round draft picks, I'll tell you that. It's crazy. So like uh 2020, that's your push? Yeah. Maybe yeah, leaves in 2020. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 5 years from now. Um, you know, uh on on one last baseball note before we get into real business here, uh did you see that the Toronto Blue Jays drafted Vladimir Guerrero's son? I did. 16 years I, old. Awesome. 16 years old, uh and I think that the terms of the deal were 3.9 million dollars. Just to secure his rights. Not bad, yeah, you know, for a 16-year-old. 16. They say he's 6'1", 220 pounds. <laughs> 16 years old, has his father's ability to hit the ball very, very, very far, but does not quite have his dad's ability to patrol right field, catch and throw the ball. But, but he's uh, only 16. I 16. Mean, you, can, you, can, you can grow into that still. Well, he can also grow a waist. They say that one of the biggest challenges with this kid is the fact that we got to control his diet because <laughs> he's, he's just... Apparently eats everything that's in front of him. Don't stand in front of Vladdy Jr. There that's great. Go. I'm so happy about that. That uh, you know it's an expose. Yeah, fan. well, you know, like Prince Fielder's not doing too bad. No, it's true. So Cecil's son. Yeah, you know what? He, it's, it's, he looks like he eats everything. He does, man. He so. does. It, it's amazing. Eh? Like um, even Big Pappy looks like he's slimming down a little bit. But uh, anyhow, yeah, Big Cecil. Oh my God, oh, gone are those days where you could be fat and and smoke like John Cruck. Remember the Phillies? Yeah, of course you do because he was on the team that the uh, Blue Jays won their last World Series against, right? Yes, but he uh, he used to say that he would he would run into the hallways and smoke between innings. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, and I'm pretty sure uh, that a lot of people in the '80s did lines in in, in between innings, right? I'm uh, sure, people did all sorts of stuff. Yes. Anyhow, all right. Well, we're here to talk about uh, location-based marketing news. Uh, the top stories of this week, and they're they're so full of them. Um, do you have anything going on? I don't think that there's anything going on with uh, the LBMA right now. Is there? Nope. No, we are quiet for the next uh, couple weeks. Anyways, there's there's some stuff coming up in uh, Chicago and Atlanta. Uh, in the next little while, but you can just go to the lbma.com forward slash events and you can see all about that right there. Well, so should we just jump into the stories? We're, we're in unfamiliar territory here. Let's do it. Well, we've got 10 stories that we're going to be going through right now. We've also got uh, Jeff White, who's the founder and CEO of Gravy, a findgravy.com that Asif got to sit down and have a conversation with. So that will be our guest. And uh, I got a great resource from a company called Kahuna. Kahuna! 
Kahuna. Kahuna that will come out at the end right. of this show if we have time. Uh, but if not, I've said their name, Kahuna, 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 Kahuna. You go to kahuna.com. Um, but we will have time because we're jumping into the stories right now. Nassif Khan, you, my friend, are up for story number one. All right. I don't think this is a company we've talked about very often, if at all. Uh, nope, Avaya. Isn't. Now, back in my, my earlier life, uh, one of my previous uh, startups that uh, I was involved with. It was Avaya? Was, huh? No, it was a, uh, a click-to-call technology company that uh, we had actually created the very first click-to-call, and we, uh, we sold that technology to uh, Avaya. Uh, so I have some familiarity with this company, but... Uh, Basically, most people know this as a telephony hardware, uh, you know, old school vendor, and they want to change that perception a little bit. So they created something in San Francisco called the Stadium Shootout. Now, uh, Avaya is also name. that's not a good name. Stadium Shootout. Anyways, <laughs> they um, it's an interactive soccer game happening in Bay Area. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was like a shootout. No, 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 no. This okay. is a soccer shootout. Okay, it's an interactive <laughs> soccer game. Uh, it's happening in Bay Area bus shelters uh, around the city, um, and kind of fits with the theme of they are the uh, you know one of the sponsors of the uh, San Jose Earthquakes, the uh, MLS uh, soccer team, and so they're kind of try all tying all this together. So together with their uh, agency Gyro, uh, along with Clear Channel, uh, another one of our great LBMA members, they uh, they put together this thing. So basically, large uh, digital screens inside bus shelters. And users uh, or people in the bus shelters can basically take their chance at shooting goals, uh, scoring points uh, in a digital rendering of the Avaya Stadium. Uh, and after you play the game, you can sign up for a chance to win VIP tickets to Earthquakes games. So kind of cool, kind of fun, interactive in bus shelters. And kind of hopefully the goal is to change the perception of this old school hardware company into something that's cool and hip and, you know, with the times as far as at least uh, MLS soccer is concerned. And, you know, the San Jose Earthquakes aren't a bad team. Like, they're, you know, they're, they're definitely in the top tier. So uh, there you go. Chance to win Earthquakes tickets by playing a soccer shootout in uh, Bay Area bus shelters. Who names these things? Honestly, I see. Like if it's Probably Gyro, the, the agency. I would Stadium be shootout. Like, yeah. that is just, you know, in this very... <laughs> We are in a very cautious world right now, right? Where tourists are getting shot and like shootout is not a good like put soccer in front of them because it's stadium shootout. Always uh, the first thing I thought about it was like you know rage and rampage, and then who names their you know in the middle of like on on the fault line who who names their soccer team the earthquakes? Yeah, San Jose earthquakes. You know if if you gotta have it, Rob, you gotta embrace it. You can't you can't fight it. You can't deny it. You just go with it. Because okay. they're coming with the force of an earthquake. That's right. Like that's not a good that's right. force. That's right. Oh my God, marketing is so important. That's why, like, I can never actually cheer for a team called the Ducks. I'm sorry, I cannot well, I mean, pour the lightning. My baseball team that I play on is called the Thunder. Well, the Thunder. Come on, so. you you can't predict Thunder. No, you can't predict thunder, thunder comes, man, and it's powerful. You can't predict it's powerful. Thunder. It's just you know, it's it's like not, when we swing the bat, it's thunder. But it's lightning. Lightning is destructive, yeah. right? It starts forest yes. fires. Thunder, man, it's just like boom! I'm freaking here. Anyway, yeah, that's. I like thunder better. I think they should be called the San Jose Thunder. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm an Algonquin uh, college grad, and uh, we were the Algonquin Thunder. There you go. Yeah, right. Well, so, we are the th the Thinkware Thunder. My consulting firm. Thinkware Thunder. Yeah. 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 All right, our second story. There you go. Sorry. Here's where <laughs> Back we go. Back to baseball. It's Back always about baseball. It is. It comes down to baseball, man, especially right now, right? In the thick of things. Battling for 500. Supremacy in the East, a 500 team. It's going to win the division. 
Uh, our second story involves uh, what I think is amazing, but it's also going to showcase eventually how marketers will ruin mobile. Uh, they're going to ruin everything, including your bus ride. And this is uh, Proxima and Exterion Media have teamed up to add 200 beacons on buses. Actually, uh, yeah, 200 beacons on buses. And this is, uh, it, they're going to put uh, uh, low-energy Bluetooth, BLE beacons, on uh, buses. Um, and their goal is to deploy this technology across their entire portfolio of buses nationwide. Uh, full connectivity across every bus in the UK. And this is where it's, where it's happening right now. They did a trial in Norwich. Uh, where they basically said that, that it's targeted in London simply because of the the fact that everybody has a long commute. It's 17 to 19 minutes. So ultimately, there's a point in time where there's going to be some screen dwelling time, and that's what happens here. Uh, the, the trail in uh, Norwich um, is um, 110 buses, 200 beacons for six months, it trials with uh, 20 local retailers um, in this uh, as they did the trial and they participated in this and it resulted in 2,000 app downloads and here's the crazy thing guys here's the crazy 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 thing the click-through rate if you still think that that's a relevant term the click-through rate because we can associate with that and we know what it's like in banner ads was 30 freaking percent on notifications 30 percent click-through rate Amazing. so so we see, like, here's the thing that that you know what marketers are going to ruin this because everybody's going to all of a sudden get into this space and they're going to jam up the frequencies with push notifications and messaging and, and because after the click through rate and we're going to sit here. I swear to you, I swear to God, we're going to sit here a, a year from now and think, oh my God, did you hear that campaign? That that low energy Bluetooth beacon campaign on buses got like a 0.5 percent click through. Isn't that the greatest thing you've ever heard? Because what, that's what, what it'll get what down to. What happened to, to uh, you know, like reading a good book while you're on the bus, Doesn't or happen. listening to a fantastic podcast like this, yes. you know, while, while you're on the bus? Like these are things you should be doing, right? But if we could, if we could, um, if and, if, I could and say, if somebody wants to, if, if an advertiser wants to sponsor that book or that podcast, that for me is a better engagement than, you know. Um, and a, 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 a coupon or an offer or something. So well, there you go. It's, it's weird because the, the coupons have to be and the offers have to be very succinct, right? So that they're local, tw the local retailers. Uh, this is going to be rolled out to 500 beacon-enabled buses, um, and uh, eventually. But but the, the they have to be very targeted, and they have to be something that uh, enables you to go back and do it later, right? So. Um, this isn't about proximity, as far as I'm concerned. This is about l local businesses on that route, on the 59 route. Um, but it, it has to be something that you can go back and do a little bit later because you're not going to get off the bus. You're not going to compel me to get off the bus. But the click-through rate is 30%. It's crazy. It's, it's Proxima and uh, Exterion Media. They're teaming up to eventually put 500 beacons in buses in London to be able to blast you marketing. I like messages. the idea of the beacons on the buses, but like the content, uh, what we're engaging them with, is yeah. what I'm concerned about. Yeah. So you know what we talked. Uh, these guys want some great ideas. Come to us. We can help them figure out some some ways to deliver some real content. Yeah, like put 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 those beacons to good use, right? Um, and not just replace those. Uh, you know, I, I don't even know. It's been years since I've been on a bus, but they used to have those advertisements up there, right? That that yep. because we had captive audience, and now. Uh, they're trying to figure out a way to supplant those uh, those there you the, go. the revenue they had from that. So there you go. Second story. All right, our marketers going to ruin it. Yeah, yeah. Our third story is actually two in one. It's it's a couple of Apple patents that have been uh, issued uh, in the last little while. And uh, I always look at these things. I spend a lot of time looking at patents because it's kind of you know a bit of a harbinger as to what we can you know expect in the future. And in particular, I, I, I'm a big fan of uh, kind of tracking what Apple's uh, working on. So the first one. Um, 
is a patent application that basically looks at uh, exchanging information, kind of in the way we used to do bump and things like that, but using gestures. And so they describe this as, you know, if you give somebody a hug or a high five, you know, with your phone or something like that, um, your, you know, smash it, your screen. It, it can transfer data uh, based on a, on, a, on a movement or a gesture. And so they've got... Um, a number of these, it could be a, whole, a full gesture or a partial gesture. Um, and the, the the device detects uh, this this what they call a greeting a greeting event, um, and then you know creates the the exchange of data or interaction that's uh, required from that. So uh, it could be a handshake, a bow, a hand slap, a hug, or anything like that. They say, um, and you know we'll see where this goes. It's it's an interesting way to think about how we move data around and, and we know that you know gesture is is a, is a big uh, a big trend right now and, and as we see things like the Apple watch and wearable devices you know I can see where we could just tap watches or do something and 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 so stuff can happen what I wouldn't I, necessarily about, see it with my phone like slapping on somebody's no. phone but bumping watches you know yeah sure what about a, like a good old tap on the butt right yeah what about those exactly. what, what does that say you get debited you get charged for doing that yeah right yeah, away exactly yeah uh, and then the second one, I think this one's interesting too, uh, also an Apple patent. Um, this one is about uh, the sharing of location around uh, joint tasks. So it's not just, hey, you know, find my friends like kind of thing, which, which they have already, where you can just, you know, agree to share location and know where other people are. And we've seen that with Glimpse and other technologies in the past. This is something like... Um, they, they just, you know, one of the examples they give is a shared grocery list or, re, you know, remembering to grab a bottle of wine when you're on your way home or things like that, where the actual task is a shared uh, item uh, and then the location elements are shared uh, in conjunction with that so that the task can be completed by either person. So it's a bit like a, um, I think of it as, as kind of the way we do like uh, collaboration technologies like GoToMeeting or WebEx or things like that. Uh, that involve multiple people, but in this case, we're actually sharing the location uh, of where those people are and their ability to complete the, the joint task. I think this has a lot of power, actually, and, and potential uh, as a uh, you know as a way to kind of leverage location um, in shared geofencing. So, really cool, really really good stuff. Always interesting to see where Apple's going. So, there's two patents uh, that uh, that they're working on. Well, you know what? It, it's a, it, I, it, there's already a default that on my way home that I always have to stop off and get a bottle of wine. Yeah, like my car draw, automatically drives. I, sometimes I wake up and I'm sitting in front of the liquor store. I don't remember getting there. There you go. That's not a problem, though, is it, Asif? No, 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 I not at all. So. No, 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 no. All right. Well, you know, on your way to the liquor store, oftentimes, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm scrounging around. It's like a 10:59. Liquor store closes at 11 or opens at 11. Whatever it might be, I'm not judging. Um, oftentimes, I need you need a little sustenance, to see if to be able to digest with that wine or that liquor, right? So yeah, you know, for, for every for every sip of wine, you should probably take eat a grape or something like that. And now you can do that without having to go to the grocery store, at least in theory. Um, you know, we have these things called ATMs. What about an ATM for food? Like I just that idea is so striking to me. Is an ATM for food? <laughs> I just. I, I, I like that idea so much. Like, I don't know about you, but I, I have bought many things from um, the Best Buy Electronics Boutique, yep. you know, in, in the airports, right? Chargers and headphones and all those things that I need. And, and of course, I've bought sandwiches and all these things from, from, uh, from these uh, machines at, uh, at ski resorts and the like. And now you can actually choose from one of 200, up to 200 fresh refrigerated grocery items 
in a sealed bulletproof casing. Basically, it's a walk-in ATM that you order what you want out of these up to 200 different things. Um, it's a series of conveyor belts and computers in the background that basically pull it out of the fridge, put it on a cart for you, and, and actually distribute it once you paid. I can't believe this hasn't been invented yet to begin with. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, it's uh, You can do it in multiple languages. It's, uh, you know, what they're talking about is that there are Listen to this. There, there are 23.5 million Americans that live in areas without access to fresh, healthy food. And maybe this thing called Oasis 24-7 could be able to bring fresh produce and fresh food, fresh cold food to, uh, to actually people who don't have access to it in grocery stores. This is, this is a crazy idea whose time has come. It's, I, I think that this is amazing. Um, I like this idea a lot. I can't believe it, it, it's, it hasn't been invented where, you know, I expect to see on the corner of my street a grocery store that I can just walk in and get some fresh food. And they were saying that I think the initial test is going to be happening in Des Moines, Iowa. Is that right? Yeah, that's what I read here. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a, um, you know, obviously you, you don't get to see the product, but everything makes it very simple. Like these are all basic things like milk and juice and the things that you need, uh, the pop or whatever it is that you, you need um, out of convenience. I still think, you know, maybe if you could deliver it to me, that would be the ultimate ultimate mm. ultimate thing i know you have this in toronto but here in ottawa we're a little bit delayed and 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 you know slow in the way that we do things but uh, two loblaws which is a big national chain here um are now starting to do home delivery um which is which is a tide of you know a sign of things to come and i think that that's where the gap happens here is that you know home delivery is where it's going to go but it's going to take a couple of years for that to filter out so there's probably an opening here for oasis 24 7 to be able to come in and uh and do this especially for those far-flung regions that don't have access to fresh fruit fresh food oasis 24 7 atm instead of taking money out you take food out I like, cool. I like interesting. it interesting all right, our uh, our fifth story now over to the uh, to London again, uh, the UK. This time, Selfridges, one of the big retailers over there, uh, is opening up a new luxury boutique. Uh, this is a Tiffany and Company boutique on the ground floor of their new uh, Selfridges uh, store. And uh, what's interesting about this is, in order to kind of um, you know expose people to Tiffany and Company and help them kind of see what that's all about is they've created this thing called 5th and 57. So 5th and 57 in New York City is where the uh, the flagship Tiffany store is. And basically they've recreated that in augmented reality inside of the Selfridges uh, store using projection of, of the cityscape. Uh, so um, you know basically it, uh, you, you walk into this experience uh, it's like uh, it's, it's uh, in the old uh, Selfridges hotel so you walk in, you get a free uh, complimentary coffee and a pretzel from a vendor's sidewalk cart. You enter through a door of a subway car, a New York subway car. Uh, you can stroll down the avenue lined with buildings uh, made of hundreds of boxes. It looks like New York City. Uh, it's, it's amazing. So they're basically bringing a little bit of New York uh, and 1557, the intersection there, and Tiffany's you know, signature store right into the London Selfridges store to kind of bring that experience together. I think this is brilliant. I think yep. it's a great way to kind of showcase the brand and showcase proximity and location uh, and how those things can play well together. Uh, fantastic stuff. Um, so there you go. Uh, it's open from July 3rd to 12th. You know, it's funny. That's, that's today, in fact. We should go. Yeah. Or we'll just go to New York and see the real thing. <laughs> there you go. Like, w which city's older? Which city's more mythical? New York or London? 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would say London for me, but yeah, uh, yeah. It's funny. Anyways, it's an interesting thing. I I think this is uh, this this is worth uh, worth exploring. I'm gonna reach out to our uh, our London team and see if we can get some shots of this. Send somebody down there. Yeah, I'll go, Asif. I will go. I'll leave. All now. right. Yeah. All right. Our uh, our next story involves companies called Flavor Pill, Starbucks, and Lyft. Flavor Pill. I've never heard of Flavor Pill before. Me neither. And yeah, it's a cultural magazine, ultimately an online cultural magazine, and they are here to help you discover the most of your city. They're really focused in New York City. Of course, we all know that uh, what um, Starbucks is, and we know what Lyft is. The difference was that on a day last week, well, I don't even know what day it was, in fact, um, at noon on some day last week, <laughs> it's funny, they don't actually give the day. Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday. Uh, at noon, if you launched the Lyft car app, what you started to see on the screen were a little... Um, see, there's a little tab that had secret mode called, and it was S Bucks, and it showed a city map, Starbucks logos, basically traveling around the uh, place in, in place in, of uh, the car icons. And then when you clicked on that, you could actually request a, a six um, caffeinated... Uh, cold drinks, so they're little ca they're little uh, containers of uh, cappuccino, cold cappuccinos and cold coffees, um, and then they would be delivered to your office. That was it. You would launch Lyft, you would click on the secret little S Bucks uh, tab, and it would show you where all of the delivery vehicles were out delivering these uh, these drinks. Now they were free of charge, so the drinks were free, del no delivery fees. They just dropped them off. This is a good marketing campaign, high proximity. Big, big, big uh, marketing campaign for these three companies. Um, but I think that really the companies that really generate a lot of interest were, were Lyft and Starbucks, obviously. I'm not really sure what Flavor Pill's uh, participation in this was, but we'll throw them in there because they're in every story. Um, and they are obviously helping out in, in the marketing of this. It may have been their idea. Unfortunately, they, they partnered with two big brands like Starbucks and Lyft. But that's a pretty good example of, of how to get your brand and your message out there. Deliver free drinks. Huh? All right. I like it. Uh, number seven, System U. Uh, this is a, uh, a French supermarket chain. It, what's with the grocery chains today? I guess that's our theme <laughs> that's today. The theme. It's, it's, like a, it's, it's about grocery. Delivery food. of food and groceries, yes. So one of the challenges in the, in the grocery world today is, is you know, people, uh, especially guys like Rob, you know, the, like, you know they, they, they're super healthy guys. You know, they want to know what's in everything. Yes. Um, and you know, so we're concerned about the ingredients in these food, and and you know, couple that with you know, I don't know, the explosion of allergies uh, in the last uh, twenty years. It seems I don't know. When I was a kid, nobody had an allergy to anything. Now everybody's got an allergy to something. So Asif, it's, it's when, important when I, to know. When I was a kid, Asif, we used to eat peanuts off the ground, not exactly. the gum. Peanuts. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's with these kids these days. But anyways, <laughs> um, the uh, you know, so it's important to know what's in our food and where it's coming from. And to kind of you know shine a light on this issue, System U, uh, this uh, uh, French uh, supermarket chain, has created a campaign with their agency. So their agency is T TBWA Paris uh, and Dan Paris, the two agencies, um, uh, created this project called Operation Transparency. So it's all about being transparent and letting people know uh, the origins of their food. And they do this just by walking by a large screen. So here's how this works. You have your shopping cart filled with stuff. They have um, 
created a set of uh, you know standardized products that you would find in most people's carts. They've created animations around these things, and as your cart passes by, the screen lights up and it starts to tell you about that milk and and what farm it came from and all that kind of stuff. So it's an interesting uh, experience. Um, they they say uh, it's. Uh, It'll show a cow in their car alongside a fact about said dairy products, uh, such as where it's coming from. Uh, there's several animations in this, uh, such as pork, chicken, fish, apples, yogurt, and more. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not completely sold on the on this way to do this, but it's interesting in that at least we're 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 drawing attention to this issue of being transparent about the origins of the food. Uh, in these stores and where it comes from. So I do like that there's an activation. I do like that it blends media together and they're using screens and stuff to do this. Uh, so it's kind of cool. So there you go. Operation Transparency from System U. All right, our next uh, story, talking about uh, Europe, uh, maybe this is also the theme here, is that, um, you know, this is a such an innovative way of wayfinding in European city. Um, this is something called Sounds of the City. And uh, is it, I think it's Thales, right? Yeah. So it's called, they call it the Thales Trains Sounds of the City. And what they did was people went around uh, Paris, Brussels, and Amsterdam and recorded sounds of the city exactly as it sounds, right? So literally recording, um, you know, guitarists playing on the street, honeymooners having sex in their window, literally, if you're, if you're watching the video. And, and they, they, um, they captured, uh, you know, the train sound, the car sound, bustling, hustle, you, exactly, cafe sounds. And, and that's one thing they, they, turned, they turned that into billboards. Uh, and then what they did is they, they mapped all of those sounds that they captured on this billboard. And then you take your headphone jack and you plug into those different sounds or those different locations and hear those sounds and it, uh, right on the billboard. So these are billboards that stick up so they, they capture like 2,000 sounds, 3,000 sounds from each one of these different cities. And then you just sit there and you plug in and you hear the sounds uh, of the, the locations that they captured. Just so amazing, so innovative. I love th This is a great story. This is a great story. A really innovative way to. You imagine like that'd be cool to do in Canada. Like yep. if if you had like for example, you know, you went and captured you know something going on in Halifax and then had a billboard in Toronto that people could go Halifax? and see and see what's what that's like to yeah. be in Halifax and it, you know it would be an interesting tourism thing. It would be an interesting, you know, there's a lot you could do with that. Um, it's well done. It's very, yeah. very, very yeah. well done. Now I don't know anybody who's actually uh, plugged into the to the uh, to the billboards in Brussels. They're in Paris, Brussels, and Amsterdam. But but my guess is that like the the richness of the sound that they captured is is pretty pretty impressive. But again, it's just a different way to capture the essence of the city that you're that you're visiting. Uh, but you, you're right. Do it across Canada and then put one billboard in a museum somewhere, like the Museum of Civilization or Natural History, whatever it might be, so that you can actually get a glimpse of what it means. Do it in Toronto as well at the ROM, whatever wherever downtown, um, to be able to get a glimpse of what other Canadians sound like. Because you know what? There is more to Canada than just Toronto, Steve. I'm just totally. putting that out there. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Big, big, uh, big country. Yeah. Big country. Very, very cool. Yes. Um, all right. Our ninth story. Now, Dentine. This is the chewing gum company uh, or brand, I should say. Uh, you know, they've, they've done a, a pretty interesting campaign here. So last week we talked about, you know, these Samsung trucks with, um, you know, the ability, you know, to kind of, they call them the safety trucks and you're driving along and uh, you're behind this big 18-wheeler rig and you can't really see past it and you don't know if you should pass or not but on the back they projected the screen and you could using cameras you could see what was in front of the truck 
Well, here we have trucks again in a totally different context. So Dentine wants you to think about their gum as the perfect go-to uh, you know, food, if you will, that you should be uh, ingesting immediately following a meal that uh, you know, might give you bad breath or something like that. And so in order to illustrate this, what they've done is they've created this campaign called Follow Food. Just go hashtag Follow Food. And basically they have a Dentine branded truck that follows behind other food trucks of food that might give you bad breath. So the one example is they have an Oscar Mayer Wiener truck. And then right behind that is a Dentine truck, um, you know, giving you this idea and this whole social media campaign that they built around this you know, around following food carts and food trucks, um, you know, throughout the United States. This is going on in southern the southern U.S. right now, um, uh, telling you that uh, this, this should happen. And and you know, some of these food trucks, like you really need you know the dentine after. Like they talk about you know following a kimchi truck or a sriracha based pork taco truck. Oh yeah. Or, you know whatever. Like you need the dentine when you're done with these things. And so the idea is is you know have that meal, enjoy that meal, but it should be followed by dentine. Uh, I brilliant stuff. I, I think this is great marketing. Um, check it out. The uh, hashtag follow food uh, with Dentine. I'm looking at it right now. It's it's pretty it's pretty good. Yeah, and it's uh, there's a great shot from Adweek, which is uh, as it's following that Oscar Mayer Wiener truck truck because everybody knows what that looks like because it looks like a hot dog yeah. and a bun, right? So it's it's pretty pretty damn funny. That's that's good. Like they're stalking it. I'm just watching this. It's like uh, that. Is, that's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Get 40 minutes fresher breath. Yeah, that's hysterical. I'm stuck on this. I, I forgot what my next story is. Oh yeah, Uber. You got a couple acquisitions. Oh yes. Well, uh, you know this. This the whole mapping world is uh, so you can actually so Dentine can stalk Oscar Mayer. You need to be able to have a mapping technology behind all that. And we, we know that it's it's it is the probably the most important operating system right now on the planet. We got companies like Google and Apple and uh, well, I mean, do we do we really think Nokia is still in this world? I don't I don't know anymore. But Microsoft at one point was in this world with their Bing Map stuff, and Uber's acquired the technology behind Bing Maps along with several employees from Microsoft. Now, several I think there's thousands of employees as a result of this. Um, and the whole goal here, we assume, is that Uber is trying to build out their own independent mapping technology, which is important if you want to be the leader in transportation, in deliveries, and self-driving cars, which I think that that's probably where Uber is, is going to end up, of course. Um, so that not a thousand Microsoft employees, but a hundred Microsoft employees will, will be joining Uber. Tell me that's not the best trade ever. I think it's fantastic for Uber. And you remember, like, back in February, we covered Uber had acquired Decarta, yep. the other big mapping player. Yeah. So, you know, you know, they're definitely, you know, ramping up their resources. It looks they were like also absolutely going after this. They also hired a guy named uh, Brian McClendon, uh, who was one of Google, Google Maps, Maps yeah. uh, guys. So, yeah, this is, this is huge. But they were also in the bidding, uh, apparently, for Nokia's mapping division as well. Yeah. Right? They're trying to do that as well. Um, this is this is huge, but even for those 100 Microsoft employees, like one day you're a Microsoft employee, and the next day you wake up and you're working for Uber. Like, come on, awesome. that's the awesome. best thing you could ever do. You're like, what? What? I'm not cool enough to work for Uber. I've only yeah. worked for Microsoft. But uh, it, it's big maps, and and the whole idea here is that Microsoft is now turning. Uh, it's focus onto its core and, and apparently Bing Maps, they, they just looked at it and said like, we're probably not going to win here. We're just probably not going to win here. So we yeah. might as well jettison that. Um, so this involves uh, satellite, uh, street view style pictures like uh, what, what Google Street is doing and what uh, Apple is starting to do right now. 
Um, so they just decided that look, we're going to push it all over to Uber, and we're going to focus on what we know what we know best, which is fascinating. Good for good for Microsoft. Good for Uber. And I wonder if Uber is actually going to continue to uh, you know they're gobbling up the little guys. I wonder if they go after uh, Nokia's maps. Which I don't know. We we said that before. I don't know why Nokia would get rid of their maps because that's. No, what I else don't. Are they? I don't. I don't think that's going anywhere. Well, what else are they? I don't know. Yeah. I I think it's more likely Uber will get by. Well, by whom now? Apple. Yeah. Google. Well, yeah. Google's already into them, right? Yeah. Google's already that an makes investor. Makes sense though. Well, yeah. Like pre from a preventative standpoint, from a defensive sta side, yeah, you're right, Apple. Yeah. But I mean, how Apple's much been trying to ramp up their mapping capabilities too, right? So, but how much? How much do you think that they would put, like? Is that a forty billion dollar, fifty billion dollar acquisition? It's like, big. Like one but, third. But there, I mean, how many companies can do that? I mean, there's not many. No, Google so, can do it. Yeah, Google, Apple could do it. Google and Apple, Facebook. Yeah. No, not even. I don't even think Facebook. But Facebook would be. Facebook would be interesting. But. Um, one third of available cash. That's what it would ultimately cost Apple of its available cash store. Be a good one, though. Yeah, be strong. All right. All right. So the next piece is that uh, it, this company, TCS, which is Telecommunications Systems, has announced that it's acquired uh, the technology from Lucktronics. Now, we covered Lucktronics a while ago, didn't we? These, we did. these are the guys that basically take every signal. Uh, into consideration when they're trying to triangulate you. So they That's use right. GPS, uh, cellular, digital, TV, beacons. And uh, so it's like fail-safe after fail-safe after fail-safe to give you a pretty accurate location as to where you are. So uh, telecommunications system, known as TCS, purchased these guys and their 10-person uh, team, um, and they specialize in indoor geolocation using all those different means. Um, we t uh, Maybe a year ago we talked about uh, them as they were yeah. rolling out their they services. They haven't been around that long. I mean... Uh, 2012? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. So, I mean, this is uh, indoor location heating up, outdoor location heating up. Um, obviously, location, as we've said before, episode 241 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Certainly a, um, what, I don't know, an emerging market now, shall we say? Yeah. yeah. A maturing market. A maturing maybe. market, Yes. And that's it. TCS acquires um, the technology and the team from Lactronics, and Uber acquires the geo imagery and the mapping team from Microsoft Bing. Boom! Ten stories. Nailed. Done. Finished. We are done. Except for two things. Two things. Two things. The first, you got to sit down with Jeff White, founder and CEO of Gravy. Gravy. So how was that? What did you guys talk it's about? awesome. Jeff's Jeff's great. Uh, they've got a great team of guys over there uh, that we've been working with for the last little while. Um, you know, we covered these guys when they when they launched. Uh, you know, we, in this uh, in this little discussion, we talk uh, also about the uh, the the involvement of Gannett, uh, who's one of their primary uh, investors. So uh, with that, uh, why don't we hear from the man himself, Jeff White, founder and CEO of Gravy? Well, it's that time of week where we get to have a special guest on the show. And this week, it's my pleasure to uh, introduce our audience to Jeff White, the founder and CEO of Gravy. Jeff, welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Oh, happy to be here, and I look forward to our session together. Absolutely. Uh, well, it's good to have you. It's great to have Gravy as uh, a part of the LBMA. We're excited to uh, see how we can work with you guys and collaborate. But uh, for those, like, you know, the three or four people uh, out of the uh, 80,000 who watch this show that haven't heard of you yet, who are you guys? What, what is Gravy? Sure. We're a, a startup company outside of Washington, D.C., been around since 2011. And our fundamental focus as Gravy is to bring location, data, and insights 
to the equivalent of what the web cookie does for web traffic, we're trying to do for offline real world behaviors. Excellent. And, and this, I mean, this is a growing space. We've got a lot of LVMA uh, member companies that are in the sort of location data space. One of the big uh, things that we see around that is the accuracy of location data. I'm sure that's something that you guys are concerned about. But uh, before we get into talking about, you know, how, how it actually works and what you've done, um, one thing that intrigued me right from the beginning about Gravy is uh, your relationship with Gannett. Can you, can you highlight that a little bit for us? Yeah, absolutely. So Gannett is a couple of things for us. They're both A, a strategic investor in our company. Their CEO sits on our board. And they're also one of our larger customers. Um, as much as they use our data and our technology to do two things, really increase personalization and relevance for their audience, but also unique advertising products and retail solutions for their advertisers. Fantastic. Well, it's good. I mean, it's great to have like a, a media behemoth like uh, Gannett in your back pocket, right? When you need it. So <laughs> that I'm works. Say, I wish they were in my back pocket. But well, you know. But they're um, a great Soon you'll be able to buy them and it'll all be yeah. over, so it'll be, it'll be good. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about you know what Gravy is providing out there in the marketplace. You know when when you did, when you set out to to create this company, um, were, were there particular gaps as far as solutions that you saw in the industry or a hole that you're trying to fill? Is there a problem that you're trying to solve? Yeah, absolutely. And we started this company in 2011 on the thesis that location data on the back of a mobile device was going to change everything about the way consumers, brands, and retailers connected and served each other better. And we anchored on a piece of very ephemeral and hard to get data called events. So for us, um, by the way, we define an event as everything from the largest of the large, the Lady Gaga and Taylor Swift concerts, okay. all the way down to the children's puppet show at your local library, the little kids, little league soccer game, and everything in between. And we thought if we could understand that contextualization of what was going on, um, we could actually understand consumers better and how they live their daily lives and allow brands and retailers and others to harness that information um, to engage with those consumers better and create win-win relationships. If, as a consumer, if the brands and retailers and my partners know me better, they're able to better serve me. And we thought that was an interesting piece of contextualization. So we start with that as a primary anchor point for us, is that it's never about the piece of dirt that we're at, the lat long. It's about what's occurring at that piece of dirt, right? Um, take a large venue like where we live, the Verizon Center. On Friday night, it's the Wizards playoff game. The next morning, it's a dog show. And in the evening, it's actually a Rihanna concert. Right. It's the exact same piece of dirt, but at three different times, the audiences that are there are entirely different. That's, so that's a, how, yeah. That's I mean, how that, we the company. We thought we could anchor on that. That would help us give us a... That was the gap that we're trying to fill. So I get I get how helping brands uh, and retailers and such understand you know the context of that that location or that place or what's happening right now. Obviously, as the industry association, you know we're uh, we're, we're all for that. Interested maybe from your perspective, how does the consumer feel about this? So I think well, by the way, there is there is the consumer of today and the consumer of tomorrow. Clearly, so we treat the consumer as a very trusted relationship both with those brands and retailers. So we're doing first party data 
like a, a Gannett, for example. Yep. Our technology embedded across their mobile ecosystem, the trust that is established is with Gannett and to their end users. And so long as the information that they glean from those users, whether that be our data, online data, past purchase history data from other parties, whatever, that trust is a very strong bond between brand and consumer. And as a consumer, so long as that information is used in a very privacy-friendly, protected manner that enhances my experience, we have found, and I believe only going to get stronger in the future, that um, that has be that become very core to that relationship. Fantastic. Can you give us a quick example of uh, maybe a, a client or you know customer of yours and how they've benefited from using this platform to date? Yeah, sure. I can give you some, some past examples. Um, in fact, one of the case studies on our website is with a company called TGI Fridays. Yep. And Also an uh, LBMA member company, by the way. Oh, fantastic. All right. Um, so TGI Fridays um, had the interesting challenge of trying to stay fresh and relevant and what they wanted to present themselves to a audience that was going out and having fun, not just on Friday, but on every day of the week. And so they leveraged our technology to understand where all those quote-unquote fun and frolicky events were, in this case live music, live entertainment, wine tastings, that kind of thematic. We know where all those are and where they're going to be. We know where every TGI Fridays is, of course. So we could create very interesting intersections about consumers who are and will be at those places and based upon the experience of those places, driving them to their local Fridays to continue the experience. And that was a very successful bit of leveraging our technology that we did with them. Great, great example, love it. So maybe just as a, as a last question as we wrap up here, um, you know, you've been in this industry since 2011, at least with, with this particular company. You may have been before, I, I don't know. But, um, you know, how do you see the industry, if, if we kind of look into the crystal ball, you know, 12, 18 months out into the future, where, where are we going to be at as far as what Gravy's doing and, and in, in general how you fit into the overall uh, location landscape? Sure. So I think it's no, uh, no uh, going out on a limb here to say that mobile is going to change everything and continue to be our device of choice for how we engage with our world. And that world is defined as not just the places we go, but it's the customers, it's the brands. And that device has my kids' pictures on it, it has my friends, my colleagues, my peers. It's a very intimate relationship that I have with my mobile device. The future of unlocking and becoming part of that relationship is upon every brand's and retailer's responsibility to say, how do I trust that relationship? And for us, and my belief is that location is going to become the key enabler to that. Um, where I go, how I live my life, the places I go, the friends that I'm with, the purchases that I make all become part of me. And then that unique engagement model that a the mobile device represents is going to unlock everything. You're going to live or die by their ability to intersect the consumer on that device. I, I love that you say location is the key enabler. I mean, it's perfect for me as the head of the industry association. We're, we're, we're in alignment. So this is a good thing. Um, and we appreciate you uh, coming and sharing, uh, you know, a little bit about uh, Gravy today. So, again, for our audience, we've been sitting and chatting here with uh, Jeff White, the founder and CEO of Gravy. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, working with you and hearing more from you in the, uh, the weeks to come. And uh, maybe we'll even see you down at our uh, Retail Local Conference later this fall. So, uh, uh Thanks again for your time. Thank you. Looking forward to it.
All right. Thanks again, Jeff. We really appreciate you doing that. Looking forward to uh, uh, seeing you again soon. And I think these guys are going to be down at Retail Loco as well uh, this fall in October, so we'll get a chance to uh, meet them in person. Rob will be there even. <laughs> and don't forget, you can go to findgravy.com for more information about those guys. Thanks, Jeff. Yes. Thanks for doing that. All right, our last piece of business. Hey, look, I actually brought something to the show, Steve. You did? I did. I, it's a resource. It's a resource. And I know it's the last thing. You always bring something to the show, right? Yeah, I do. Thanks. <laughs> I bring the t-shirts. Yes, you got the best t-shirts, man. I don't uh, know. See right there? That, that is Product Hunt Games. That's the logo yes. there right there. It's My kids love it. Um, our resource today is actually something that, uh, for somehow, it landed in my inbox, and this is what happens. If you send me stuff, I will probably talk about it in some way, shape, or form, or use it in some kind of uh, presentation. This is from a company called Kahuna Mobile, kahuna.com, K-A-H-U-N-A.com. If you go into their resources area, there's, this is called Benchmark Report, Kahuna Mobile Marketing Index. This is the first guide. It's free, which I love. And what does it do? It shows you, uh, it, basically, uh, this is a guide um, uh, from 39, oh, here, let's see this. It in analyzes engagement and retention data from 39 million mobile customers, um, and it identifies benchmarks across 16 app categories. It's a 12-page report, and it shows you things like how Android and iOS opt-in rates vary. You'd be surprised about that. How opt-in affects retention rates, which is so important if you're talking about growth for, for whatever you're doing in mobile. Um, and then it gives you some tips on, how, on uh, um, message creation tips, it gives you strategies on using push and how, the impact of push. That was the big thing for me was the impact of push when it comes to how uh, people use the application around retention rate and it rates and it brings it down by industry in 30, 60, 90 day retention rates by industry, whether, whether or not you, you do a 30 day push, a 60 day push or a 90 day push, or you don't do any of those and it shows you the impact. So this is really, really, really powerful. It doesn't mean that you go and spam everybody 30, 60, 90 days. They tell you that, uh, you know, the best message is always the best message. The most timely, the most impactful message is, you know, provides tremendous value. Anyways, this is a free resource. It's at kahuna.com in their resources area um, called Benchmark Report Kahuna Mobile Marketing Index. I would go and download this right now. It's free. 12, 12 pages of awesomeness. So We'll uh, we'll throw that up on the uh, LBMA's uh, research page as well. Perfect. If you, uh, if you happen to be cruising around there. And actually, you just reminded me of, of another just quick uh, uh, shout-out resource as well. Our good friends at Geofedia. Yes. Um, we, we shared a little while ago um, a project that they have done with the NCAA. And now they're actually doing a webinar around uh, what they learned uh, with this. So this is uh, on location-based so, uh, social media. Uh, with the NCAA and Geofedia, cool. uh, that is July 14th uh, at 2 p.m. Eastern. So uh, you can find that de the details on that at the LBMA events uh, site as well. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. You know how many people that I talk to, like the Ottawa Senators, around what they could do to engage with people inside of their stadium? Yeah. That's nuts. You know, my, awesome first, stuff. my first answer is, you know, how about Wi-Fi? Oh, but it's too expensive. How about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Wi-Fi, man, Wi-Fi. You need Wi-Fi. You need a base of connectivity before you can start doing things of greatness. Yes. All right. Uh, and uh, Steve, I think that's it, right? I don't think that we have any, anything, anything at all. I have, yeah. um, uh, you know, I can make a book recommendation because it, it's, it's stuck. I, I'm listening to this. I'm an Audible guy. I love Audible. The Zero Marginal Cost Society by uh, Jeffrey Rifkin. 
putting it up on the screen right now for those of you who are not watching this. It's available go. on um, on Audible and, and great bookstores everywhere. And it is basically the Internet of Things, the Collaborative Commons, and the Future of Capitalism. It is a fascinating book, albeit sometimes dry, but fascinating, the big concepts, especially the last bunch of chapters. So it's called Zero, The Zero Marginal Cost Society. That's all right. It. All right. We can let's end this, or else I'm going to keep going with recommendations. I get this app <laughs> that I'm using. I We're use just this, too excited. I use this ointment stuff. Yeah. All right, Asif. Uh, that's it. Episode 241 done. We'll be back somehow, some way, somewhere for 242. For everybody who is out there listening, tuning in, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Hopefully, you're sitting on a beach. You're at the cottage, chillaxing. Maybe you're riding a bus, not getting pinged by uh, Bluetooth sensors. We thank you for tuning in. We thank you for contributing your voice. If you have any suggestions, Rob at Untether.tv or Asif at TheLDMA.com. Or if you're going to be the silent majority, thanks. We really appreciate you guys listening. And we'll see you next week for episode 242. Later, Asif. Cheers. Cheers.